you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. What's up? It is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, where we are not on any kind of a pitch count. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We've got a cast of dozens. The specialists over here up to the side, you can't see them, but they're behind the cameras. Trust me, they are there. And uh, we got plenty to talk about on this show today. But before we get into any of that, I should remind you that it is not too late to sign up for NFL Fantasy. You can get your league started today. It is free 99, which is the perfect price and absolutely fun to play. You can go to NFL.com slash fantasy, or you can download the fantasy app. So, Florio. We got a whole slate of games to talk about. I mean, we're going to get to that. We got plenty to talk about. But but last week was sort of the appetizer. This week is a little bit, I won't say it's the main course, but it's like the, uh, I don't know, the extra bread or something that they bring to your table. Yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, it's not the main course. That's the regular <laughs> season. But yeah, like last week was, just, it was fun. It was a little taste. We, we had actual football on our TV, but 
this week is the real like we get every team playing. I think we're gonna get actual like outside of Josh Jacobs, like actual fantasy relevant <laughs> people playing as well. So I'm really excited. We will see some starters playing. But on today's show, we are going to continue our division previews, looking at the AFC North. As I mentioned, it's the first full week of the preseason, so we'll dive a little bit into some of the things we might be looking for. But first, we're going to start with what I'm calling the question of the day. There are the news headlines, I'm going to be honest with you, nothing really major earth-shattering news-wise. But one thing that has happened in the last few days, we're starting to see the unofficial depth charts come out for teams as they get ready for their preseason games. And you start to see people sort of murmur on social media about things they're seeing on these depth charts. Some of the things that have jumped out to me in the last couple of days, Traylon Burks reportedly running with the twos and threes, although that has been heavily disputed, including by our pal uh, Justin Graver, who is deep into Titans Twitter. He disputed that one really hard. Uh, Geno Smith reportedly listed as the QB1. He's expected to start this week for the Seahawks. Jimmy Garoppolo listed as the QB4 for the 49ers. And that was just because Kyle Shanahan said, well, by rule, we ought to put him on the depth <laughs> chart, so we're putting him at four. Uh, Tyler Allgear in uh, Atlanta, who people sort of like, has been listed as the eighth string running back, which, yikes. Uh, but I, I guess this all sort of comes together to, to beg the question, when we look at these, knowing that it's the first preseason game, that we're a ways away from the regular season starting, how much stock do you put into these preseason depth charts? Uh, in a vacuum, very little. Uh, I, I guess, though, for me, I think it does matter a little bit on a case-by-case basis. Like, this Traylon Burke story, the other story that came out was he's running the wrong routes, he's lining up <laughs> in the wrong spots on the field. To me, that is the leading candidate to be this year's Jamar Chase can't catch. Like, <laughs> like that's what it, especially because the, the reporter who tweeted it was like, it happened one time. Like, and, and everyone's running with it. Geno Smith, we've heard that he's been playing with the ones at camp, so that one matters a little bit to me. Uh, Jimmy G is, like you said, they're just trading him. And and the Falcons won. That's just, you know, coaches do weird things with rookies this time of year. So to me, I I think only if it backs up what the beat reporters have been saying a lot has been happening in camp, then maybe you hang your hat a little bit on it. But for the most part, this is just coaches being coaches. I think. I, I think that's the part to remember, right? Let's let's put it in context of what we have been seeing or reading all throughout training camp. If it sort of lines up with that, I think there's a little more value to it. I also think it's it's important to remember that a lot of times the people putting out these depth charts aren't necessarily the coaches themselves. It's maybe the media relations people. It's the folks who are you know around practice, but not necessarily in all the meeting rooms and don't necessarily have. They got more information than we do. Like don't get it twisted, but uh, they don't necessarily have all the information that the coaches have. So I think it's something to sort of you know note in the back of your mind. But we'll get, I think, a little bit more clarity when and we start seeing these teams Coaches play. know more than we do, but they don't want to give that information that out. Part. So now it's all about deceiving, and, and, and that's why so much now, I, I think it's a mistake if you put too much weight on this stuff and start changing your fantasy strategy, because like this could all be completely different three weeks from now. Which, side note, by the way, Bill Belichick came out out loud and said what we already sort of knew about him was basically like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care anything about fantasy football. Yeah. Which we see that every week with his running back like, usage. We, we've known that for years, <laughs> Bill. So I guess congrats on finally saying that out loud. So, uh, all right. I think that's a good way to get into our AFC North preview. We looked at the AFC East earlier in the week. So, again, we're going to go in order of last year's finish within the division, which starts us with the Cincinnati Bengals. They were 10-7 and in 2021, made it all the way to the Super Bowl before losing to the eventual champion Rams. Their passing leader last year, no surprise, Joe Burrow, just over 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 
14 interceptions. Uh, you had Joe Mixon as the leading rusher. He had 1,205 rushing yards. 13 rushing touchdowns was the RB4. And Jamar Chase, who you, you talked about, uh, this time last year he was blind and had skillets <laughs> for hands. Uh, but he ended up with 81 catches, which is pretty good for a guy who apparently couldn't see. Uh, 1,455 yards, 13 touchdowns, the wide receiver five. So if we're talking about the Bengals, let's start at quarterback. Will Joe Burrow finish as a top five? I know he can, but will he finish as a top five quarterback? I have him just outside the top five. He's my QB seven right now coming into this year. And, and it's nothing against Joe Burrow. It's just the quarterbacks ahead of him. Uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, uh, that, that whole group. They all can run. Patrick Mahomes, like they all run, whereas it's something that we haven't seen Joe Burrow. As I'm talking, there's a highlight of him running here, <laughs> but that doesn't happen too often from Joe Burrow. He's more of a, a pocket-type passer. For him to be top five, I think he would need a season like Brady or Rodgers have had in recent years where you're you're not only heavy volume, but you're also highly, highly efficient. I, I, I don't want to bank on that, so I'll have him just outside the top five. I think to, to that point, I, I went back and I looked over the last three seasons and the, the median rushing total, like the number right in the middle when you put out together all the rushing yards for your top five quarterbacks, that median total was 342. Now, in two seasons, Burrow's at 260 career rushing yards. That's two years combined, so he hasn't quite gotten to that number. And as you talked about, with Rodgers, when he finished top five, he had a season with, what, 40-something touchdowns and, like, yeah. five interceptions. Brady threw for over 5,000 yards and, you know, nearly 50 touchdowns. So I don't know that Burrow's going to do enough as a passer to offset what he does as a runner. So I, I'm with you. I don't think he finishes as the top five, but I think seven, eight, right around where he was last year, I think that's doable. I think that's fine. I, you draft a top 10 quarterback, there's really very little for you to complain about. And if you want Joe Burrow, you should be happy that we're saying this because if we were like, yeah, he's a lock to get top five, then people are going to start drafting him top five. So take the discount. So you are welcome. We're helping you. And you're right. We talk about him not running. There's all these highlights of him running. So I don't know. We need to talk to our production staff about that. Um, looking elsewhere on this roster, I mentioned Joe Mixon uh, was the RB4 last year. What is the earliest that you'd be willing to take him in a draft? First round, like I, late first round. I, I wouldn't take him uh, early, like in the early part of the drafts for me, I'm taking like Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, or I'm taking a receiver. Um, but when you get back to the late part of the first round, like Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, I think that is a tier that should all be going together. And it seems to me like Joe Mixon gets knocked the lowest of that bunch, which means that I've actually drafted him more than the other guys because I think they're all very comparable. I think if I am really hungry for a running back in the first round i would i could reach as high as five that's maybe the, the highest i would think about reaching for joe mixon because i think sort of like we talk about with joe burrow right like i think when you talk about your elite level running backs either they put up bananas rushing yards and rushing touchdown totals like you saw with jonathan taylor or derrick henry or they catch a ton of passes right you've got your christian mccaffrey's your austin ecklers um Mixon does a little bit of both, but I don't think he does any one of those things to an extreme level. Yeah. Um, he scored double-digit touchdowns this past year for the first time ever in his career. I'm not sure that he can duplicate that. So I, I don't think he's quite amongst the elite running backs, but he's kind of in that second tier right below. So I think fifth, that's the highest I would go. And even that might be a little too high because I think if you're, you're sitting at five, I would also think about a Cooper Cup. Justin yeah, Jefferson, somebody like that in that spot. That's the difference for me between this, like it's the second tier running backs for me. It Mixon's right in there with because, you, like you said, he's not in the elite group. 
The elite group, I'll take over the elite wide receivers, but the secondary tier, I'll take Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase over them. So I think I think that's why you start you're starting to see, or you have been seeing, Joe Mixon sort of settle into that mid to late part uh, of the first round in a lot of drafts. All right, uh, like we did on Monday, we'll do it again. Uh, first player drafted, a sleeper and a player to avoid, and just for you know the sake of the audience, you and I were talking before the show <laughs> for the AFC North. It was sort of hard to come up with maybe some sleepers and some players to avoid because a lot of these teams, everything seems pretty clear cut. But uh, I will leave it to you to try. It is exactly what you said. It is very clear cut. Uh, The first player drafted, I think, should be Jamar Chase. I I think Jamar Chase should be like a top six pick for me. Um, I think the upside is that high. And I know people are saying on fantasy Twitter and stuff like he only had 120 something targets last year. What, What if that happens again? It's like. He was a top three wide receiver on that little targets. (laughs) What if he gets 150 this year? He could literally break fantasy football. So Jamar Chase, I I think, should be the first Bengal uh, to go off the board. And then this is where it gets tough. Like you said, sleeper, I went with Hayden Hurst. Okay. uh, Because kind of athletic tight end uh, who last year, CJ Uzama was like a streamable option. I could see Hurst kind of filling into that role. I don't think he'll be like top 12 tight end or anything. And this one might hurt you a little bit, Marcus. Okay. My, my player to avoid was Tyler Boyd. <laughs> only because I'm thinking that Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are each going to get 25 to 30% target share. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to clearly be the full. And then you have Joe Mixon getting his touches. I'm just not sure there's enough to go around for Tyler Boyd, who in the past has been a little bit more volume dependent because he's not like a field stretcher or touchdown scorer. So I've been, I've been trying to show my kid, you know, movies. Uh, lately and uh, a couple weeks ago I, I tried to sit him down and watch Toy Story which for the record he watched Toy Story for like 10 minutes and the rest of it was me sitting and watching <laughs> Toy Story which I'm perfectly fine with and like when we talk about Tyler Boyd it reminds me of Woody right like a couple years ago Tyler Boyd was the thing and everybody loved him and you know Jamar Chase's Buzz Lightyear and the now wings shooting down right? he talks no one wants <laughs> like, the cowboy anymore right, right, all of a sudden they're like Tyler Boyd is like Woody and it's just like I don't want to play with you anymore. You know, like, that's like what I feel like with him. Uh, for me, I'm going to say Joe Mixon's the first guy off the board. And I, I understand the argument for Jamar Chase. I, I think they're going to be very close to each other yeah. in drafts. Uh, so I'm going to say Jamar or say uh, Joe Mixon's going to be the first guy off the board. My sleeper, it was a hard one to come up with. I went with Samaj P. Ryan, understanding that he does need an injury or something to happen to get more opportunity, but he does look like the RB2 right now, despite everyone sort of trying to plant their flag with Chris Evans. The only Chris Evans I recognize uh, carries a, a shield with a star on it. I was going to say, there's a Captain America joke there. <laughs> right, he your carries, flag, a, Chris carries Evans. a shield with a star on it right now, <laughs> so I'm not really behind uh, this Chris Evans so much. But I understand that for P. Ryan to be fantasy relevant, some things have to happen, but I do think there's a path for that. Uh, for me, the guy to avoid, and, and this was tough, I kind of went with the Bengals tight ends, mostly because Burrow really doesn't target the position all that much. And you mentioned CJ Uzama was a streamable option, but even then you were still sort of hoping that he catches a touchdown because the target share just wasn't there. When you talk about Chase and Higgins and Boyd and whomever else, it's just a hard thing to sort of lean on. But uh, this was kind of a tough group. 
I, I think the player to avoid could be like anyone not named Chase Mixon, Burrow, Higgins. Like, pretty much, you, you could <laughs> right? make the argument there. Like after those four gone, it's not a whole lot to like here. It's pretty much pretty much wide open after that for uh, for the Bengals. So next up, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers as we continue our look at the AFC North. Nine seven and one in twenty twenty one. They lost in the wild card round to the Kansas City Chiefs and. Again, I, I went back and looked. I think the final score was 42-21, but if I remember, that game wasn't really that it, close. It, it was one. It was of all the playoff games, it was easily the one that was like the least competitive. Oh, like, I feel like that was the <laughs> one where I started watching it, and I'm like, oh, I can go run some errands. Or that, like, was a, <laughs> that and the Bucks eagles I was like, this is, these are the games right? I'm getting everything done for the this week. This is like, I'm going to go to Target or do whatever I need to do <laughs> right now because this game's not really competitive. Uh, but let's look at their leaders from last season. Ben Roethlisberger in his final year. Uh, 3,740 yards, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions was the QB 21. Najee Harris, 1,200 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. That made him the RB3. What I'm sort of leaving out, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, uh, the fact that he had 74 catches as well, that boosted that uh, overall fantasy total for him. Receiving-wise, Deontay Johnson, 107 catches, uh, over 1,100 receiving yards, eight receiving touchdowns. He was the wide receiver eight. But getting back to Najee Harris, he was the RB3 last year. He's being drafted as a top five or six running back so far this year. What are the odds that he is – I wrote that he's a bust, but at least – let's not go that far, but at least a disappointment in 2022. So I, I was saying with, when we were talking about Joe Mixon that like Najee's in my top like six, seven running backs. But of that early group of running backs, Najee Harris, I think, has the highest chance of – this year and potentially being a bust he was so volume dependent last year and i don't expect the ground volume to change especially if they use like a, a unproven quarterback which they're going to be using i expect a lot of run from Najee harris i think the reception total is going to drop because one it was inflated last year by a 19 target game where uh <laughs> where juju and deontay johnson didn't play but also, like, Big Ben last year averaged, like, six air yards per throw. So a dump off to Najee Harris and, and Big Ben airing it out type throw were almost identical. Um, <laughs> and Big Ben feeling pressure, he's a statue. Like, he wasn't able to run or anything last year. So the moment he felt pressure, he's like, where's Najee Harris dumping it off? It's better than me taking a sack. Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, whichever one it's going to be. I don't think it'll be Mason Rudolph. If you want Najee Harris to get catches, though, I guess that's the best route. But those other two quarterbacks are both mobile, so when they feel pressure, I think they'll scramble rather than just trying to get the ball out of their hands right away. The reception number is the one I think definitely comes down this year. 74 catches, or 74 catches, yeah, as I mentioned last season. You look at the top 10 backs with the most catches last year. Uh, according to next-gen stats, Najee Harris was the only one with a negative average route depth. It was it Ooh. was negative zero point six, which I know is not a big negative number, but basically what it means is that most of the time he was at or slightly behind the line of scrimmage when he was running his routes, uh, which means a lot of times he was sort of that emergency outlet when things were starting to get hot in the pocket for Ben Roethlisberger. Now you look at who's going to be the quarterback. You mentioned Trubisky, Kimmy Pickett. Both guys are a little more mobile. I guess a lot more mobile than Ben Roethlisberger was. Plus. Trubisky has not been known for heavily targeting running backs through his career. I mean, he is going, for better or worse, to push the ball downfield. So if that number comes down, that's a lot that comes off of his fantasy total. Now, someone has suggested to me that maybe he gets more efficient targets this year, that maybe they're a little bit more downfield, and maybe maybe that sort of makes up the difference. 
But I think that that catch number comes down significantly, and that's going to be a big, big chunk he's, off of his he's total. He's still a running back, though, you know? Like, how much more downfield <laughs> right. is, it, is it really going to be? Right. I mean, he's not – yeah, right. We're not talking – he's not Austin Eckler, right, who's running yeah. legitimate routes yeah. on occasion. He's more – you know, we're going to slide out and, and offer an outlet when, when we need to. Um, the other question here is – who is the wide receiver two? We know Deontay Johnson's the wide receiver one. That is not up for debate. Um, but there are some other guys there that are fighting for that number two target slot. Who do you think ends up winning that? Uh, I don't know if it'll be like week one he wins it, but I think uh, come the end of the year, George Pickens will be this team's wide receiver two. First, he is stealing headlines every day out of Pittsburgh Steelers camp right now. Uh, apparently today he had an amazing catch in the end zone from Kenny Pickett to uh, to end practice. And he, the thing about George Pickens is the talent is there. We know it. It was off the field issues that led to him sliding in the draft. Otherwise, a lot of people thought this guy was going to be a potential first round pick. He also had some injuries in college that kind of hurt his numbers a little bit. But he is when I when I watched like his tape and stuff, I was like, this guy is a true alpha wide receiver one uh, who could really do anything on the football field. So I, I think that paired with the fact that like Chase Claypool's been in some weird situations in <laughs> Pittsburgh where like Mike Tomlin doesn't really seem to be his fan. My joke at, on draft night was like they sent Chase Claypool out to announce his replacement. Uh, but so, so I'm going to go with Pickens, but I also could see it just being like these two battling all year. I do wonder if Chase Claypool and Mike Tomlin have come to some sort of Spotify type agreement <laughs> about like playlists and who gets the auxiliary cord and that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to lean with Chase Claypool as the guy who's the wide receiver too. There's been a lot of talk about him maybe playing in the slot this year and the Steelers using him as kind of a big slot receiver, which... Seems to be a trend across the NFL. Maybe get him in situations where he has better matchups. You know, I know he said earlier this offseason he thinks he can be, uh, he thinks he can be the best receiver in the NFL or a top three receiver. <laughs> I mean, look, I look, I appreciate the fact that he's got that level of confidence. He's not even the in best himself, on his own team, right? Even even <laughs> if we don't necessarily believe in you that way, you got to believe in yourself that way. So I think moving to the slot helps him out in terms of getting a few more easier targets. If it is Trubisky, he is a guy who, who did spend a lot of time targeting slot receivers. So I think he can get that number two wide receiver job, but I do think it's not going to be a clear-cut number two. I think it's going to be kind of murky. As you were saying him in the slot, the first thing I thought of was, like, he could be the new Juju, where, mm -hmm. like, he's, like, in that slot exclusively getting a lot of those short targets with the, they run after the catch. And then Pickens potentially could be the new Claypool who's like the like field stretcher on the outside who is going to be that would lead to him being very inconsistent for fantasy. That you see those those field stretchers uh, we said it before. Really great in best ball. Yeah. <laughs> They're really great. Really great in best ball. All right, so let's get to it. Uh first Steeler drafted, a sleeper and a player to avoid. Uh my first Steeler drafted even though I, we were kind of worried about him. It, it's 100% Najee Harris. He's still a first round caliber type of player. Uh, there's no other Steeler that goes really even that close to mm -hmm. him. Deontay would be, be the closest. Uh, my sleeper is George Pickens for, for everything I, I was saying about him. My player to avoid is Chase Claypool, but that's only because I think Claypool and Pickens could have very similar stats come the end of the year. And Claypool, because he's the known name and the known commodity, he's the one going earlier. If Pickens and Claypool's ADP were to flip, I my answers for this would flip. Uh, well, I'm going to go... The first two are the same as you got, right? I got Najee Harris as the first guy off the board. 
George Pickens as the sleeper, even though, you know, certainly in fantasy Twitter, the drum beats have been loud for him. In fact, you, you talk about the, the stuff out of camp. I'm watching my Twitter feed this morning, and Mark Caboli, who's one of the beat writers in Pittsburgh, just had a tweet that said, holy bleep, George Pickens. And I was like, okay. Well, well that ADP went up around. That ADP definitely <laughs> shot up at this point. Uh, for me, the player to avoid is whoever the Steelers quarterback is. Um, That's a great answer. You know, that, that, that player, obviously, whoever's starting has more value, but it's not enough that I'm willing to take a shot at that, at that player and draft him. I just don't think there's going to be enough there. So uh, whether it's Trubisky or Kenny Pickett or if it is Mason Rudolph some way in some upset, uh, I am staying away from Steelers quarterbacks in this draft. So, uh, all right, we will step away for another moment, come back, and uh, we'll look at the Cleveland Browns next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Over to Cleveland and taking a look at the Browns, who were eight and nine in 2021. And I don't know about you, but seeing eight and nine still sort of makes my brain yes. itch a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm used to eight and eight, uh, seven and nine, but eight and nine still makes my brain itch a little bit. But uh, all right, so let's look at the passing leader from last year, Baker Mayfield. Uh, just over 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks was the QB 25, and now he's collecting mail in Charlotte. Uh, the rushing leader, Nick Chubb. Uh, 1,259 yards, eight rushing touchdowns. He was the RB13. Receiving, this was sort of ugly when I went and looked at this. Uh, the leader by receiving yards was Donovan Peoples-Jones, and that, that shook me up when I saw that. Uh, 34 catches for 597 yards and three touchdowns. He was the wide receiver, 64. If you're doing it by receptions, then it was Jarvis Landry who caught 52 passes for 570 yards. What in the name of Julian Edelman is that? <laughs> Two touchdowns, wide receiver 52, woof. The Browns obviously have had a lot of changes in the offseason. They bring in Deshaun Watson, whose fate we're still sort of waiting on. Uh, we know at the moment that we're recording this, he has a six-game suspension, but that very well could change. We're not sure when. Um, they bring in Amari Cooper as well, who ostensibly is the wide receiver one. So I know this is sort of a, a loaded question depending on other factors, but how high are you willing to draft Amari Cooper? Not high at all. Like He, <laughs> he is someone that when they got Deshaun Watson and we didn't know what was going to happen, I was like, if Deshaun plays all year, Amari Cooper is a dark horse to be the, the wide receiver one. I think his upside is very high, but we have no idea right now what is going to happen in this situation. And his value is so directly tied to that quarterback position that 
Uh, like in a best ball draft earlier today, he was the best available receiver in ADP, and I took Kadarius Tony over him. So like, I I'm really letting Amari Cooper just slide. He You'd have to fall a good amount past the top 30 wide receivers, I think. I think for me, it really is dependent on what we learn about the quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. um, if, if the suspension for Watson stays at six games, and we know he's going to be there for the last two-thirds of the season, I would take a swing at him probably around the fifth or sixth round. I think, I think there's potential there as maybe your third wide receiver. If, as some people surmise, Deshaun Watson's gone for the full year, it's double digits for me. Um, it, it really is double digits because I think if, if it's Jacoby Brissett, you're looking at, I think I went back, in the years where Jacoby Brissett was a starter, I think his leading receiver uh, might have had like nine, just over 900 yards, and that was sort of T.Y. Hilton at the height of his powers yeah. sort of thing. Um, I, I don't know that Amari Cooper is quite there and can salvage that with a Jacoby Brissett. I think, I think if we have Brissett for 17 games, I think for, for Cooper, you're looking at, 750, 800 yards, something like and that. It's not great. If you're an opposing defensive coordinator, you're going to be like, everyone cover this Just guy. Go stand next to him. We don't need to worry about the others. Like, yeah. it, it's not a great situation. It really isn't. And it, it trickles down beyond that to the running back spot. And you know, we've talked about this a fair amount in the last couple of weeks. What happens for Nick Chubb? So I, I was looking at sort of ADPs and guys that were around him. So I, I'm going to ask, who would you rather have on your roster? Similar ADPs, Nick Chubb, Javante Williams, or Leonard Fournette? I know for me it was kind of an easy call here. Yeah, this Leonard Fournette's my guy. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you agree because <laughs> I, I think he could catch, I don't know, 75-plus passes this year from mm -hmm. Tom Brady if he is the lead back like, like we all – like I suspect at least. I, I think Leonard Fournette could easily be a top-five running back this year, and, and he's not getting that love, I think, because – He's Leonard Fournette, and like I think people get fatigued with him or whatever, or he comes into weight, right, comes I mean, into cla camp overweight. But he showed like, up one, you know, one value meal overweight <laughs> or whatever, and people were like, "Oh no, it's, it's all over." I love that he was like, "Yeah, I enjoy my off season." Like I'm like, <laughs> Good as you, you should, Leonard Good Fournette, for you, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and I would take Chubb over Javante though. Mm -hmm. I, I I think that he's much safer. Javante Williams, I think, is being overrated just because of what the ceiling is. But right. there's a lot that has to go right for him to get there's that ceiling. Just, there's Melvin Gordon is still breathing. He's still upright and, you know, collecting a paycheck in Denver. So that, and, that to me, knocks Javante And we're down. not going to get 500 touches out of the running backs with Russell Wilson there. I no, don't think at least. No, I don't think you are either. Uh, Fournette, as you mentioned, he's the guy who's going to catch the most passes out of this group. And he's the only one that, at least right now, projects to be a three-down back there. Um, you know, I know that I know fantasy Twitter, I know dynasty Twitter especially loves Rashad White, but he's still down the depth chart a little bit. Keyshawn Vaughn. I guess we'll kind of be there to, to give Fournette a rest occasionally, but uh, Fournette and Tom Brady, they have trust in one another. And, and people know that Fournette can, can you know, pick up and, and pass protection when they need to. We know he can catch the football. And I'm not worried. He will, he will shed some LBs before we get to week one. So I just don't think that's a story here. And I'm with you. I don't understand why Fournette's going as late as he is, but I'm cool with it. Fantasy Twitter has always loved Leonard Fournette's backup running back and outside of the James Robinson year they've never been right like it's <laughs> right. always Leonard Fournette's job although it was funny so I was I was in a a salary cap mock draft last night and I will say that the people I was drafting with seemed to like Leonard Fournette because he went for a, a pretty decent salary in that one so while I think a lot of 
maybe you know snake drafts are sort of disrespecting him. I feel like he's getting the proper respect when it comes to salary cap drafts. I haven't done one yet, so uh, I have one coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how that goes. But Leonard in a snake draft, Leonard Fournette being available in the second round to me is every reason to take a receiver in round one because then I could get like Chase Jefferson Cup something like that. And then pair him with a Leonard Fournette, who I think could be a top five running back. I, I love that start. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's pretty solid. All right, so for the Browns, uh, and this was another fairly difficult one for me to put together at least. First player drafted, sleeper, player to avoid. Uh, first player drafted should be Nick Chubb, I yep. think. Uh, he's going to get enough work. He also said this year he's tired of finishing as the second leading rushing yards uh, running back, so he w- he wants the title this year. It's good to want things. He's, he's, he's invested, I guess. Uh, <laughs> my sleeper is David Njoku, who I've always believed in talent-wise. Uh, he's just struggled to put it all together, but the Browns got rid of Austin Hooper and then made this guy like a top five or top seven paid tight end in football. So I think David Njoku uh, is someone to keep an eye on there. Player to avoid, man, it could be pretty much all of them. <laughs> but uh, I, I decided to go spicy and say Amari Cooper uh, because it, it's all about the price. And, and I agree with you. Like, if Deshaun Watson is there for two thirds of the season, fifth, sixth round sounds great. But right now, you're kind of having to take him in that range. And we have no right. idea what that season, the whole season could look like for him. So. I'll just keep my hands clean and let someone else uh, have that headache. Which is why I haven't drafted Amari Cooper anywhere because you are having to pay that price without knowing you know, what you're getting in yeah. terms of pass catchers there. Uh, I'm with you. Nick Chubb, first one off the board without a doubt. My sleeper is Dearness Johnson. And I, I, like know, I know the Browns say they don't want to trade Kareem Hunt, but I don't know. Me thinks at some point they might trade Kareem Hunt, <laughs> which, which opens up an opportunity for Dearness Johnson, who... We saw last year when Hunt and, and or Chubb were injured, Johnson was great uh, in that role. And, and I think that if, if Hunt moves out of the way, that uh, I think Johnson slides in and is going to be fantastic. For me, I'm avoiding any non-Amari Cooper wide receiver. Uh, you know, it's, if, if it's DPJ, if it's, I know David Bell is a guy that people sort of like. But uh, again, that was all sort of predicated on who the quarterback was going yeah. to be. Um, I think even with Jacoby Brissett, Cooper still gets a lot of targets, so he at least keeps some fantasy relevance, even if it's not great. Beyond that, there's nobody that I, I really want any part of in that offense. Nope. Nope. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a weird year in Cleveland. Um, you know, we just kinda keep an eye on, on kind of what it it had the potential to be really good. Now it's just a lot, a lot of question marks around there. Rounding out our preview of the AFC North, it's the Baltimore Ravens. They were also 8-9, and nine, but uh, because of tiebreakers, they finished last in the division in 2021. Injuries, a big part of the story in Baltimore last year. But uh, the passing and rushing leader, same guy, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, 2,882 yards, passing 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He was the QB 15. Uh, the rushing leader, also Lamar Jackson, 767 yards, just two rushing touchdowns for Lamar. Which, oh wow! Right, feels really, yeah. really low. Uh, the receiving leader, Mark Andrews, 107 catches, 1361 yards, nine receiving touchdowns, and he kicked Travis Kelsey off the throne as the top tight end in the fantasy game. He is your tight end one uh, at the end of last season. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So, order with Uber Eats today. But let's talk about Lamar Jackson specifically, because we saw a couple of years ago, he was the league MVP, he had a huge rushing total, was, you know, was not only a, you know, he finishes the QB1, 
Um, but also, if you just broke out his rushing numbers, I think it was like a top 15 <laughs> running back as well. <laughs> He's still going off the board as a top five quarterback right now. But when you look at his fantasy history, only once has he ever finished as a top five quarterback. That was the year. That was 2019, his MVP year. Beyond that, he's never done it. So is he actually a top five quarterback, or are we just sort of going off of what we hope and believe can happen? A little bit of each, I think. Um, But I very much so have him as a top five fantasy quarterback. In fact, he's my QB three in in my rankings. I'm pretty high on him. Look at what he did last year despite missing all that time. 767 rushing yards. Like, of all the rushing quarterbacks, there's arguably one that you could say confidently can rush for a thousand yards in any season and it's Lamar Jackson so he gives you RB1 production on the ground and then I think last year when he was healthy he was throwing the ball better than he ever has so I'm hoping that we can see that continue we could get a little bit of an uptick in the passing numbers with the same old Lamar Jackson rushing numbers I've gone back and forth between like him versus Jalen Hurts, but he's safer to me than Jalen Hurts. Him versus Kyler Murray, I, I think he his ceiling is higher than Kyler's. Him versus Mahomes, to me, I'm like, Mahomes is better in real life, but he doesn't have Tyree Kill now. He's not going to run like Lamar. So the result, I know we're getting nitpicky when we're talking about like the elite of the elite guys, but for me, Lamar just felt like he brought the right combination of like a very safe floor, but also a very high ceiling. I think, well, I think when we're talking about the elites, I think we sort of have to get nitpicky because, you know, we're trying to just separate great from great. I'm probably not going to make a lot of friends with this. I don't think he's a top five quarterback. And I say that as somebody who early in the offseason had him in my in my rankings in the top five. But as I'm going through this, you know, getting ready for this show, I'm starting to break it down. And I know the ceiling is there, but... But can he reach it again? And, and so far, he only has one 3,000-yard passing season in his career, and that was, again, his MVP year where he ran for 1,200 yards. And, and he's sort of the – for me, he's sort of the reverse of Joe Burrow. where We talked about Burrow as a passer being good, but not really much of a runner. And I think for Lamar, he's a great runner. He's a good but not necessarily great passer, and he doesn't, I think, have the pass catcher, enough pass catchers around him to elevate him to that next level. Mark Andrews, very good. Rashad Bateman, we think, can be very good. Uh, beyond that, I mean, who's catching the ball that we're, wor- who, that we're really excited about? There's nobody there. So in order for Lamar to be that top five guy, he does have to run for 1,000, 1,100 yards. He does have to give you, you know, five to seven rushing touchdowns. And on top of that, he has to get you back to 3,000 passing yards, which he's only done once in his career. So I understand why we're drafting him as a, as a top five QB. Like I said, I had him in my top five quarterbacks, but I just worry that we are sort of projecting him at his ceiling right now. And it's a ceiling that he really has only hit once in his career. Question. For, this is, this is purely like philosophy okay. type question. He's playing for like a contract this year. Do you think that uh, inspires him? Do you not put weight into that? I, I think it's a nice thing to talk about, but I think, <laughs> I think on a week-to-week basis when he steps on the field, like, I don't think he's thinking like, hey, man, I got to get X number of yards to, to get my numbers up to get my contract. Like, I, think, I think over the course of a season, I think it's something he can put on tape, but uh, I think it's hard to, to put any weight into yeah. that on any given week. But it's fun to talk about. He, he's his own agent, too, so you think right. like he like, 
pep like hypes him like if you get this many yards today they're gonna give you this much money like, you, think, you think he's talking to like the the film you know the, the film department there in the ravens like hey i need you to cut this off for me so i can put this on my reel that sort of thing yeah i don't i don't know put like that. youtube videos out there like yeah, trying you know? to get get attention i don't know man talk to talk to odell beckham's dad maybe he could put together he can like put together some clips for you and like you know use some final cut pro put it on youtube and help you get a, a bigger contract that was who's gonna eat presented by uber eats the official on-demand food delivery partner of the nfl even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call make the right call on delivery order with uber eats today so obviously lamar is going to run the football a lot but they do have actual honest to goodness running backs one of whom is jk dobbins who's back after missing all of last year what are your expectations for dobbins this year uh he's one of the harder players for me to figure out this season because he has tremendous upside i think i think he showed us that when he was healthy that he can be an rb1 and i think his path to being so is a lot like mark ingram's was in 2019 when he scored double digit touchdowns and rushed for a thousand yards because i don't know how involved in the passing game he'll be which gives me concerns also he's not like fully back yet at camp mm -hmm. I, I think to me he he belongs as like a low-end rb2 who has the upside of being an rb1 but i i think the people who love jk dobbins do kind of sugarcoat the volatility that he can bring. I, I say this. I think this year we see him get maybe more carries than we've seen out of a Ravens running back in some time. You go back to, I think it was 2018, the last time a Ravens running back had more than 200 carries, and that was that Mark Ingram year. I think he can get that just because you know, while Dobbins is still sort of working his way back, he's a lot closer to being back than, say, Gus Edwards. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know who, I don't know if it's, you know, Justice Hill is just coming back. I think Corey Clement is there. There's nobody else there that I think you can count on to have a heavy role in this offense. But the pass catching is, is a concern. You know, I think at best you're looking at 30, 35 targets for him this year. Um, I, don't think any, I don't think any Ravens running back has had an extreme number of targets as long as Lamar Jackson has been there, and I don't see that changing this season. So you are talking about needing him to get a good rushing total, some good rushing touchdown totals, uh, I'm not necessarily certain that happens because Lamar's still going to take a whole bunch of those carries on his own. But I do think he has a ceiling as a strong RB2. And I think that's, that's sort of where I'm pegging him this year. Um, it's not what we thought last year. I think, I think a lot of us believe the breakout was coming. Then, unfortunately, the injury happened uh, and he missed the entire season. But I am cautiously optimistic about J.K. Dobbins this yeah. year. I think that's the right approach. This yeah. Uh, all right. So, with the Ravens, first player drafted, sleeper. And your player to avoid? Uh, first player drafted, I think, should be Mark Andrews. Mm -hmm. um, he tight ends, elite tight ends are worth taking in the early rounds. And he was the tight end one last year. I go back and forth between him and Travis Kelsey as my tight end one. Um, but he belongs in that group. Sleeper, Isaiah Likely is getting a lot of, of hype out of camp. But it's hard to be a second tight end. So I'll just go with <laughs> Devin Duvernay, right? who I, I know has gotten some hype as their potential uh, wide receiver, too. We know he's got speed. Players to avoid, man. It's like the entire team outside of Lamar, <laughs> Rashad Bateman, uh, Mark Andrews, and J.K. Dobbins. Like I, I'll say they're running backs because I have some concerns with them, and I'm not as bullish on Dobbins as other people, but this is one of the most clear-cut yeah. teams in fantasy football. Uh, we are in lockstep with, uh, <laughs> with our, our categories here. Mark Andrews is number one off the board for me. Um, 
Would would you dare take him in the first round? No, I, I'm a. I, I did it last year. I'm no longer taking a tight end in the first. Yeah, round. I did the Kelsey in the first round thing last year, and look, third, Kelsey was good. Third but it was seems not. to be the earliest I'll take one this year. Yeah, I said Kelsey was good last year, but he wasn't first round good last year. So I, I think I'm off that for, for me as well. Devin Duvernay is my sleeper, and it really is sort of a dart throw uh, more than anything, just because the passing volume in Baltimore is just not great, and if if we know Andrews is going to get probably 150 targets, Rashad Bateman is probably in the, the neighborhood of you know 80 to 90 targets. So how much is left for Devin Duvernay? Not really sure, but you know he seems to be getting at least a little buzz as the second wide receiver there. And for me to avoid, it's it's any running back after Dobbins. <laughs> it is just kind of a you know, it's not a who's who. It's a who's that more than that more than <laughs> anything. So I, I think I'm staying away from from that group pretty much in general. But Quadzilla's so. there now. Oh, that's right. That's right, he is. Um, yeah, still not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> still not going there. Uh, so there it goes. There's, that is our AFC North preview. We will uh, keep our AFC, our division previews, I should say, going uh, into next week. We'll look at the AFC South coming up on Monday's show. Uh, we have a whole slate of preseason games coming up this weekend. In fact, uh, if my math is right, eight of them will be carried live on NFL Network. See, I got it in. Just, just make, a note, make a note of that. I'm going to go to the film department and be like, hey, can you cut this up <laughs> and show that I got that in, got in that promo. Um, and, of course, you can see pretty much all the, the preseason games uh, over the course of the preseason on NFL Network. But, uh, you know, look, we're not going to get into each and every game because it's too long and not all of them are super fantasy relevant. But we each kind of looked at some position groups that we have some interest in paying attention to this weekend. So, uh, for you, what, what is a group – uh, or some players or a team or what have you that you are paying attention to this week? I think the Panthers quarterback battle is an interesting one right now. And obviously it has great fantasy implications, not because we want the quarterback per se, but like DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, et cetera. Um, recent reports the last couple of days have been that Baker is feeling more comfortable in the offense and starting to pull away from Sam Darnold. So this could be a chance for him to really get like a stranglehold on that quarterback job put Sam Darnold in the rearview mirror and run away from it. Uh, but if he struggles and Sam Darnold keeps it close, maybe even plays better, then I think that becomes some worrisome. So uh, Baker versus Sam Darnold picks one and three from the 2018 draft. I'm excited to watch his quarterback battle play out. Has an NFL team ever streamed quarterbacks? Because if not, this is the duo to do it with. <laughs> I think. Like, I'd be down. Right? Just like stream if the Panthers just streamed Mayfield and Sam Darnold based on the matchup and who they thought could do the best. I, I really want them to get rid of Matt Corral and TJ Walker and bring in Josh Rosen as the QB3 oh! just to get finish out that draft just class. Finish out the draft class. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Rosen, who uh, famously said nine mistakes were made ahead of me. Oof. He was like, I feel like he was Arya Stark just ticking off names at <laughs> night when he went to bed. He was a very unsuccessful version of Yeah, that didn't work out quite so well for him. Uh, for me, I'm keeping an eye on the Packers wide receivers because it's a group that is, is fairly unknown. I mean, we don't, we don't know what this offense is going to look like without Devontae Adams because when things went bad and things were, were troublesome, you just knew that Rodgers was going to throw it up to Adams and more often than not, they were going to have some success. Alan Lazard right now projects to be the number one wide receiver. They went out, they drafted Christian Watson, but the drumbeats have been very loud for Romeo Dobbs in the last couple of weeks, which, look, I, I know early in the in the training camp season, uh, our own Daniel Jeremiah said, look, Romeo Dobbs is going to open some eyes, right? He's going to turn some heads, and that kind of clued me into him. Now everybody is on him, which yeah. makes me nervous, because you know what happens when the whole fantasy community is on a guy. It just goes sideways, so... 
Uh, but I do want to see sort of how this group shakes out. You know, who is, who's getting the most snaps, who's getting a lot of targets, uh, and that sort of thing. I'm very, very curious uh, about that group. Uh, elsewhere, who else you looking at? Uh, up north from us. North uh, of here, yep. in, in Seattle, uh, I'm very curious about how the running backs are going to get their, their work. And I know it's just preseason game one, but there is a, uh, a battle there right now. And the word out of training camp is like Rashad Penny's 1A, Ken Walker's 1B, and then like DJ Dallas is getting uh, the third down work. So I, I'm really curious to see because uh, it, it's been a big topic, Penny versus Walker. And, and I'm on the side of Penny. I, I think what he did the, down the stretch last year is so like it, it wasn't just a hot stretch. Like he was by far the best running back in football. But then there's a lot of people out there who like Ken Walker as well. So uh, to get a, a glimpse at how they're going to use their running backs and maybe some early information, I, I think can go a long way. I tweeted a couple days ago, there are five running backs who last year finished with more than one half of a rush yards over expectation per carry, which I know is a mouthful. Basically, it means you are getting more yards than what you are expected to get. Um, you're being super efficient, essentially. So... Five guys who average more than half of a rush yard of over-expectation per carry and, at the same time, more than four yards after contact per carry. Uh, Rashad Penny was one of those five guys. Uh, the other names were guys like Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, Elijah Mitchell. He is very talented. He's very good. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And I even think his injuries get overblown a little bit because I figured it out. It's like 62% of the time he's missed as an NFL player were from the one time when he tore his ACL. Mm. So, like, I understand he's had uh, trouble staying on the field, but I think a lot of that is because of one huge injury. So, as long as he stays healthy, I think there's, there's plenty of opportunity. I'll keep the running back theme going, and I'm going to go down to Miami, where there are a lot of names and a lot of mouths to feed. And you know, we talked about this recently. I don't know that there's any one guy that you are just hands down, like, I got to have him in this draft. But... You know, I, I want to see if we'll get some idea of the pecking order with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and what Miles Gaskin and you know I don't know Savan Ahmed or, or just how this is going Sony to work. Michelle, Sony like, Michelle, so well. many. How exactly this is going to work, and which one of these guys is on the chopping block? Because I don't imagine all these guys are going to survive the preseason in Miami. So I just kind of want to get a feel for it. Uh, Mike McDaniel obviously had success with running the football in San Francisco. Can he bring that same level of success to Miami? So I, I just want to keep a note uh, about the Dolphins running backs coming up this week. So, uh, You're going to be in the best place to watch all these games. That's right. I'm going to be in Canton for the, uh, the Fantasy Football Expo. Looking forward to that. So uh, if you are going to be in Canton this weekend, uh, come find me. I'll be around. Uh, but looking forward to that. should be a whole lot of fun. The Expo is a good, good time. Shout out to... Uh, Brad Evans, Bob Long, all the folks who put that thing on. Uh, we'll have to go. What, we'll have to plan this out. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying this. For, I mean, I know you. Want, I'm saying this for the benefit of management. Like, we should all go. We should all be there. All the specialists back there too. Uh, they should all come with us, and we can all make a big thing out of this. Uh, hang out in Canton, go tour the Hall of Fame, do some content. And if up you're there, there this weekend, you know, Marcus won't say no to a free drink or two. I so. will not. <laughs> I absolutely will not. So, uh, should be a whole lot of fun. In the meantime. That will do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. Take care of yourselves and the people around you. Oh, happy birthday, Pop. I love you. The rest of you, we will see you next week.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 